Turn tonight to Luke chapter 10 tonight, Luke chapter 10. We're going to read the, the first verse and then we're going to drop way down into the chapter for the message tonight. And we appreciate you being here this evening. Ain't doing nothing, just, just wasting time sitting at home uh, when it could be in the house of the Lord and uh, drawing nigh to Him. Amen. And, uh, but I know, what, I know God's got to put the want to in your heart because uh, there was a time I didn't want to either. I didn't. Uh, but I was in a service one night, and God touched me in a special way. I didn't go to get touched. wasn't expecting to get touched. But the Lord touched me sitting back in the, uh, past the middle of the service that night. God touched me, and my life is never the same. And uh, there is a life-giving touch. And that's one thing that keeps you going as a, as a preacher. You never know when somebody might get that life-giving touch in a service that their life will never be the same. God's able. All right, in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 1, and the Bible said in big capital letters, After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two before His face unto every city and place whether He Himself would come. Down to verse 17, the Bible said, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fallen from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Old Brother Caleb was tuned in tonight on his song selection. And in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. And he turned to him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them. And to hear those things that ye hear, and have not heard them. Thank you. Be seated. Our fathers, we come this evening, Lord, as this morning, Lord, it's already been good to be, uh, Lord, in the service tonight. We have already uh, seen and felt the manifestation of your presence, saying, I'm here. And, uh, Lord, we sensed you back in the prayer room and, and even up in the fellowship hall and in the service tonight, and the touch was upon the singing tonight, and God was in it all. And uh, Lord, we sense tonight that God wants to bless His people tonight. And if we'll get on blessing ground and humble ourselves and submit ourselves to what God wants tonight. We know, Lord, that each one of us, any one of us, might be the key tonight that God would use to turn, Lord, to open up the service and let it go the way that God wants it to go. And Lord, may we yield, Lord, to the pressure of the turning of us if we are to be that key tonight in the service. And Father, we pray you'd bless your good word tonight and stir our hearts like you did this morning. 
Thank you for, Lord, great liberty this morning. And I pray you'd give us liberty again tonight. And, Lord, I ask you tonight, uh, Lord, to cleanse me and refill me and use me tonight, Lord, to bring honor and glory uh, to your name. And that, Lord, that when it's all said and done, that, Lord, they'd see no man but Jesus. And, Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. Uh, I want you to notice that word tonight there in verse number 17 where the Bible uses the word joy there. And uh, when we read this chapter and what we've read tonight, uh, we see that it's built around the fact that these 70 came back, the Bible said, with joy. And I see some things in what I've read tonight that brings joy to me uh, tonight. Uh, there in verse 1, the Bible said that, that He sent these 70 out two by two. And the Bible said, and I like this, the Bible said He sent them two by two before His face. And uh, that means that every house they went into, every village they came to, every door that they knocked on, uh, uh, that He was watching them. Uh, they were before His face. That gives me joy tonight to know that the Lord is watching down upon His people tonight. And uh, the Lord sees us tonight here in this setting tonight. Uh, the Lord watched as, uh, as Devin is saying tonight. Uh, the Lord uh, tonight is watching while that we uh, listen and while that I preach tonight and while that we sing tonight. And uh, whatever we're doing, we always do it before His face. His eye is ever on the child of God. And then... I see this, and uh, I like it. What it says here, I like it. How it says how many return. The Bible said in verse one that He sent seventy out, and the Bible said in verse seventeen that seventy returned. Uh, that gives me joy uh, to know that uh, the same number He sent out, the same number returned. And I tell you, it give me great joy tonight if the same number that was here this morning. Uh, had returned back for the evening service tonight, uh, that would give me great joy. Uh, but I still have joy tonight uh, in those that have returned tonight. And then I like the way not only uh, how many returned, but I like the way they returned. Uh, uh, the Bible said they returned uh, uh, with joy. Amen. Uh, you know, some folks return back, but they don't have the joy. It's like they don't want to be there. They're aggravated because they had to come. Amen. Uh, uh, but I like it when God's people go down to the house of God and they got some joy about it. Amen. Uh, they get back in the prayer room and you can tell there's some joy about it. And uh, they get to singing and it's got some joy about it. And I, I like that, don't you? And then I, I get joy out of what they said. They said, The devils uh, are subject unto us through thy name. And the Bible said the disciples had joy. Uh, well, all of that blesses me. You know tonight that there are some things uh, that give joy tonight uh, uh, as a child of God. Uh, the Bible says uh, uh, that answered prayer can give us joy. I get a lot of joy out of answered prayer. Uh, the Bible said in John 15, 24, Jesus said, Whatsoever things you ask in my name, 
That will I do that your joy might be full. I get, I guess, so much joy out of answered prayers. I get out of anything. And I'll tell you, when God don't answer my prayer, it bothers me. And I can't let it go with that. I got to keep seeking it out. I got to find out where I missed it. I got to find out why that God didn't answer my prayer. If it did, why I didn't see it. It bothers me. Amen. A lot of people just pray and throw stuff up. If God answers, okay. And if God don't answer, okay. But my Bible said that God would answer my prayer. And so I believe that God does answer my prayer. Uh, and if God don't answer my prayer, I believe there's some reason why He didn't. Amen. Uh, uh, but I have known God to answer my prayer, and I didn't think God did answer my prayer. Uh, uh, and then I got to praying and I was seeking it out and I was looking a little deeper, uh, and I found out the answer came in a way uh, uh, different than what I was looking for. It uh, uh, it came up another road than what I was expecting it to come up. Uh, uh, but I get great joy uh, uh, to know that God answers prayer. Uh, listen tonight, there's great joy in soul winning, doing what these folks are doing here tonight that Jesus sent out in Psalm 126 and verse 5 and 6. Uh, uh, the Bible said, They that go forth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing and bringing their sheaves with them. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, there's great joy in winning others to the Lord and telling others about the Lord. Uh, I guess the greatest joy that there is to a saved person uh, uh, other than being saved theirself is to have a part in somebody else getting saved. Uh, uh, amen. We call that the soul winner's joy. But I won't tell you this, there's just joy in going, amen. Uh, uh, whether anybody gets saved or not, there's just joy in going, the fellowship, uh, uh, and to know that you're doing what God told you to do, to go out into the hedges and highways and compel them to come in. Uh, uh, he didn't tell us to go save anybody because he's the Savior, uh, but he did tell us to go out and give them an opportunity. Uh, uh, why we've covered about every, every street in this town uh, over the years, probably three or four times. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any street we hadn't covered over the last 40 some years. Uh, uh, you say, well, how many's got saved? Well, some, few. Uh, uh, but listen, uh, uh, it's not about somebody getting saved. Uh, it's about us fulfilling the Great Commission. Uh, uh, it's about them standing before God one day and they'll be without excuse. Uh, uh, they won't be able to say we lived in Glasgow, Kentucky and not no church has ever knocked on our door and told us about Jesus or left us religious literature. Uh, uh, it's about pleasing God. Amen. Uh, uh, we knocked on doors back several years ago. Uh, a prominent, well-known preacher in this area, and I won't call his name, uh, uh, but we knocked on his door and he come to the door and uh, he found out what we was doing. Uh, and uh, he said, there ain't nobody does this no more. I appreciate you boys doing this. Uh, and I thought down deep in my heart, man, why ain't you doing it? Why ain't your church doing it? Amen. Uh, I think we've surpassed the Jehovah's Witnesses now 
Uh, they think that's what we are. A lot of times they'll ask us. I, Isaiah said the last time we went, wait a minute, are y'all Jehovah's Witnesses? Uh, uh, well, we are, but not that bunch you're talking about. Amen. Uh, uh, but I want you to know, listen, uh, uh, they've quit doing it. The COVID scared them away. Uh, uh, amen. Uh, I've seen two Mormon boys riding or walking down the hill Wednesday night. I got here early and I went up to get me a cup of coffee. Wasn't nobody here. I went up to get me a cup of coffee and I passed them boys on the way up. I knew what they were. I thought they're coming down to church tonight. Uh, uh, they came to Brother McCurry's house uh, and knocked on the door and Brother Bob said, boys, if y'all get saved, God give you a car. Amen. I, I, but I want you to know, uh, listen tonight, I'm glad it gives me joy to go out uh, uh, and try to serve the Lord. Amen. A great joy in that. There's things that that bring joy to the child of God. Uh, uh, this whole book will bring joy to the child of God. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah said, Thy word was found, uh, and it was a great rejoicing. He said, I did eat it, and it did bring about a great rejoicing. Uh, uh, this old book brings joy to my heart. I like to pick it up and thumb through it, read through it. Every now and then God gets to speaking back to me from it. Amen. And it brings me joy tonight in my heart. Nehemiah said, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, uh, now, not just any joy, but the joy of the Lord. Amen. Uh, uh, you say, what is God's joy? All them things I just told you about. Prayer. Uh, uh, the Word of God. Uh, telling others about Jesus. That is uh, the joy of the Lord. And there is things uh, uh, that give Christians joy. Amen. But let me say this, there is things that rob Christians uh, of joy, amen. Uh, uh, there's some things that will take your joy, slap away, amen. Uh, uh, the Bible said the fruit uh, of the Spirit, do you ever pray uh, uh, for the fruit uh, of the Spirit to be in your life? Uh, uh, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, brotherly kindness, and so forth and so on. Uh, uh, the second one there is joy. Uh, uh, did you know what? Sometimes a Christian uh, uh, can get a mold on their food and destroy their food. Uh, uh, you can get you can get a disease or a blight uh, uh, that'll destroy uh, uh, your fruit. Amen. Uh, I believe that tonight. You say what would do that? Unforgiveness, uh, uh, bitterness, uh, jealousy. Uh, uh, those things will just eat you of joy. Uh, uh, there's some circumstances that can take away our joy. Uh, there's some people uh, uh, that can take away our joy if we'll let them. Uh, I try to stay away from folks like that. I love them. I pray for them. Uh, but I like my joy more than I do them. So I just try to stay away from them. Amen. Uh, uh, because they'll steal your joy if they can. Amen. Uh, but I want to look here tonight. I want to look at three things tonight. They're all surrounding uh, uh, this matter, this thing of joy. I'm glad, I'm glad tonight the devil can taunt us. Uh, uh, he can tempt us and torment us and terrorize us. Uh, uh, but I'm glad tonight he can't touch us unless the Lord says he can. Amen. Uh, and if he does touch us, it's a Romans 8, 28 situation. Uh, and God's only letting him touch us uh, uh, for our own good. He's going to work it out. He's going to bring something good out of it in the end. And so we look here at these 70 tonight. And I see a reason for joy other than what I've already told you tonight. The Bible said they said in verse 18, 
I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. The disciples came back rejoicing because uh, that the devils were subject unto them through uh, his name, the Bible says. Uh, uh, Well, uh, they come back and they were all excited about that. Uh, uh, But Jesus didn't think that was uh, too much. Uh, uh, Jesus said, boys, don't rejoice because of that. Uh, uh, Why? He said, you think that's something that a devil... uh, is a subject to uh, to you through my name. You think that's something? Uh, he said, I'll give you one better than that. Uh, he said, I throwed him out of heaven. Amen. Uh, he said, I beheld him uh, as lightning falling. Uh, I've, boys, y'all think that's something because you've seen that out there? I've seen something you boys ain't seen. Uh, I've seen I've seen him fall from heaven. Amen. Uh, uh, did you know there's three times in the Bible that the devil was evicted from his home? Uh, don't you give him one. He's looking for a home. The Bible said, give no place to the devil. Uh, uh, he'll try to knock on my door and your door and he'll ring our doorbell. Don't you answer it. Uh, uh, you send Jesus to answer the door. Amen. But I want you to know, listen, uh, uh, right here in Luke 10, 18, the Bible said, Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning uh, falling from heaven. That's the first time he was evicted uh, out of heaven. You see, at one time he just stayed up there. Uh, He was there all time. Uh, But there came a day when the Lord uh, said, You can't stay here no more. Uh, you can come back and forth from here, but you can't stay here no more. And he got evicted out of that home. And then I think about in Revelations 12 and verse 12, the Bible says uh, uh, that there was war in heaven, and it said Michael and his angels fought. And, uh, and Michael won, praise God. And he said the devil was cast down. That's the second time uh, uh, that the devil was evicted. Uh, Now he can't even go back and forth no more. Uh, The Lord said, now you can't come up here and accuse uh, uh, people no more like you've been doing. Uh, uh, You're out of here. You don't have no home now. Uh, And the Bible said he came down to earth uh, uh, having great wrath. Uh, Now right now the devil's not only on earth. He's the principality of the power of the air. Uh, uh, He can't stay in the third heaven. That's where God lives. Uh, uh, But he can stay in the second heaven. Uh, uh, That's where uh, the spaceships go and all of that. And the third heaven where the birds fly. He is the principality of the air. But there's coming a time when he ain't even going to be able to do that. In Revelation chapter 12, the Bible said uh, uh, that he's going to have to make this earth a home. Uh, uh, now boy, if it's as bad as what it is right now with him in the with him in the second heaven, third heaven, going backwards and forth, uh, uh, you think about what it's going to be like when he comes down here uh, and has to live down here where you and I are. Uh, I tell you what it'd be. It'd be a great tribulation. Don't you think so? Uh, uh, and the Bible said he got killed kicked out of the third heaven. The Bible said he got kicked out of the second heaven. The Bible said that one of these days he's going to get evicted from planet earth. Uh, uh, He ain't even going to be able to stay here, praise God. Uh, uh, Revelation 20 said the devil and the false prophet uh, uh, they were cast into a lake of fire uh, uh, where they're tormented day and night. Uh, And I say praise God. I say that gives me great joy tonight. Amen. Uh, 
uh, you know what? Uh, I, I don't know what. I wasn't there. The Bible don't say. But I know when he got kicked out of the third heaven, uh, I know it brought joy to heaven. Amen. You say why? Because Revelations 20 and 12 tells me uh, when he is kicked out for the final time, uh, it says rejoice ye heavens. Amen. Uh, I'll tell you, I rejoice any time the devil gets kicked out of my house, out of my life, out of my church, out of my home. Uh, uh, it brings me great joy, don't it you? Uh, uh, I know that. But look, uh, he gets kicked out. It brings great joy where he was, uh, but it bring, brings great sorrow where he is. Uh, uh, the Bible said in Revelations 20 and 12, the devil has come down unto you uh, uh, having great wrath. Amen. And so we look at that tonight and the devil, he's going to be a mad devil. He's a mad devil tonight, but he's going to be a mad devil when he gets kicked out. The Bible said he's coming down having great wrath and it said woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Amen. I don't want to be around then to you. No, sir, you better get saved. But I see the reason for joy. And then here's an odd thing. I see a rebuke for joy. Look at there in verse 20. They come back now, imagine. These 70 have been out. They've been to houses and they've, they've seen responses and positive ways. And we don't know what all they did see. The Bible doesn't specifically tell us, but no doubt some believe, no doubt. Uh, no doubt some brought them in and they were excited. It'd be like, it'd kind of be like uh, us five that went out yesterday if we'd have had about 25 saved uh, uh, and we come back in here tonight. Why? We would have had great joy. Amen. We would have been rejoicing and, and I mean you wouldn't have been able to stop us. Amen. They probably wouldn't have been no preaching. They probably uh, just been a praise and worship service. We would have been happy. Amen. That God had done something. And so that's kind of the way they were. They came back and they're all excited and they're all full of joy. And I mean they are having them a time. But notice what Jesus did in verse number 20. Jesus said, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. Uh, uh, the Lord, uh, He stopped their rejoicing. He stopped their joy uh, right then. That's an odd thing. Uh, a very odd thing. And you see, it wasn't the fact that they were rejoicing and having joy, but it was what they were rejoicing about. That's why Jesus stopped them. You say, what do you mean? You see, what they were rejoicing about was an earthly thing. What they were rejoicing about was something that was a temporal thing. You say, why do you say that? Well, the Bible says here, he said in verse 19, he said, you're going to have power over the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That was a temporal thing. You say, why? Every one of them died a martyr. Amen? Amen. Every one of them died, died a martyr. The Lord said, don't rejoice because of this temporal thing. He said, nothing shall hurt you. Well, something did hurt them. They had power over the devil. They won. I like it when we win. Amen. Amen. 
I like it when, when we give the devil one in the mouth and we win and we say, praise God, we beat the devil today. But we don't always win. Sometimes the devil wins. And the Lord will say, boys, what you're rejoicing about, he said, is an earthly thing. You see, earthly joys always end. Always. No matter how joyful and happy you are tonight, one day that will come to an abrupt end. No matter how right everything is in my life and your life and my home and your home, it's not going to always be that way. But look here. All heavenly joy is eternal. It lasts forever. And Jesus wasn't telling them not to rejoice. He was just saying, boys, he was saying, be careful what you rejoice about. He said, because if you rejoice about earthly things, that can change tonight. That can change today. But if you're rejoicing about eternal things, there ain't nothing going to stop that. I like that, don't you? But I like the Lord's method. The Bible said he took them and went aside privately. Some things need to be done privately. Amen. I had a preacher friend years ago, I'm talking 40 years ago, and his daughter, she became a child. And uh, it, it needed to be dealt with. A girl needed help. But he made her uh, get in front of the whole church. And uh, the other person as well. And as far as I know, it pretty much wrecked them both for life because it's such an embarrassment. Not everything needs to be done publicly. Not everything needs to be done in a whole congregation. I had a fellow come to me one time and he had a situation, bad situation. And he said, Brother Rick, he said, do you think I ought to tell the whole church? I said, absolutely not. He said, why? I said, because most, a lot of them is not going to pray for you. Uh, you'll be the subject of their conversation throughout the week. Uh, and I said, what you need to do is you, you know who loves you. You know who prays for you. I said, you need to tell them people in private and let them pray for you and let them help you. Amen. Uh, uh, but our Lord, our Lord, uh, uh, the Bible said privately, uh, He dealt with them disciples. There's some things that God deals with you and me about. He don't do it in a public setting like this. Uh, uh, he deals with us privately in our bedroom, in our office, uh, in our prayer room, wherever it might be. Amen. Uh, uh, listen, a lot of Christians make this mistake. They think everything that passes through their mind or everything that hits their brain, they're supposed to tell everybody. Uh, uh, not so. Amen. Uh, uh, the Bible said, try the spirits to see uh, uh, whether they be of God or not. Amen. Uh, uh, listen, the devil, he'll give you a testimony that will kill the service, kill the Jew believe, uh, kill a revival, kill whatever, amen. Uh, uh, no sir, there's some things that don't need to be said and they don't need to be told. Uh, and uh, the minute they are, uh, you can tell because it grieves uh, uh, the Holy Spirit of God and He usually backs off. I like the Lord's method. I like the Lord's motive. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18, for we look not at the things which are seen, 
I know what I can see tonight. And what I can see on Sunday morning, what I see every day in my life and the world around me. And usually what I, what I can see is not the object of great joy. But what I can't see, that gives me great joy. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible said, For we look not at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. They only last a little while. That person that's still in your joy, that situation you're going through, that heartache, that grief, uh, uh, it'll only last for a little while. There's nothing you can look at and see. My wife's always saying it. She said it yesterday to somebody and she said, I don't know what's going to happen if anything ever happens to him. I said, honey, it ain't a if, it's a when. Something's going to happen to all of us, amen. The things we look at tonight, uh, they're temporal. They're temporal. You got a problem tonight, it's temporal. Your heart broken tonight, uh, it's temporal. I know it's broken, I understand that, but it's temporal. It ain't going to always be broke. But what I can't see tonight, what you can't see tonight, uh, is eternal, amen. Uh, uh, you know what Jesus said? I like this. Jesus said, boys, I, I've seen some things y'all ain't seen. He said, I saw the devil. I know what you've seen. You've seen that you was able to overcome him a little bit and get a little victory. But he said, I saw him. I saw me. I saw me throw him out of heaven. I got more power than he has. You see, what we can see tonight, that whole row's empty. The whole row's empty. He said, the end of the row, but he ain't in it. Several whole rows empty tonight. I can see that. That parking lot ain't near full. I can see that. But it's what I can't see. It's pushing me on. You say, what do you mean? Well, I get a little mystical, I guess, sometimes. But I believe sometimes we have visitors that we're not able to give them a card. I believe sometimes in them services where they just take a different turn like this morning and opening up of the service tonight, they might be visitors here. You say, what are you talking about? Angels unaware. You say, it's what I can't see. And uh, it, I, can't, I can't see the people that ain't here and I can't see the God that I know is here. But the people that ain't here, it's not helping my joy. If I'd let it, it'd kill it. But it's the one I can't see that I know is here. You say, how you know that He is there? I feel Him. You say, how do you know He is there? Because I'm looking, I'm looking through the eyes of faith. And through the eyes of faith, I'm able to see Him who is invisible like Moses did. And it helps me to endure, praise God. Uh, you see, the Bible said, Jesus said, Don't rejoice because the devils are subject unto your name. But rejoice because your names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. 
How did Jesus know that? He's seen it. He may have put it there. I don't know how all that works. There may be a, I used to have a big picture of, a, of an angel writing in a big book, and it was an old picture. A lot of people had it, and it's, just, it's called the recording angel. But Jesus said, boys, don't rejoice about what you've seen. It ain't going to be around for after a while. But he said, rejoice about something eternal. I've seen your boy's name in the book. We sing, I know my name is there. I'm not the only one who knows my name's there. Amen. Amen. I mean, that brings me joy that Jesus said, Boys, I've seen the book. Your name's in the book. Amen. Uh, uh, and he said, If you want to rejoice, he said, Rejoice about your name being in the book. Uh, uh, because the things that are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You can rejoice about your name being in the book when you're laying out the nursing home, 85, 90 years old, if you go that route. You can rejoice that your name is in the book when your health's gone. Because that's a temporal thing. We can rejoice that our names are in the book when all the seats are empty, but our name's still in the book. Amen. We can rejoice because our name, that is a reason for rejoicing. They don't nothing have to happen. They don't nobody have to sing. I don't have to preach a good sermon. Nothing has to happen for us to rejoice. If you're saved, your name's in the book and that gives you a right to stand up and rejoice and say, praise God, my name's there. Jesus said it was. He saw it, amen. Hallelujah. He rebuked them for their joy because it was an earthly joy. Now there's no place in the Bible that you can find that I'm aware of that Jesus doesn't like it when people rejoice. It wasn't that He didn't like it here. He was just telling them, boys, you're rejoicing for the wrong thing. You're rejoicing of earthly things. And learn to rejoice over heavenly things. Because they don't change and folks can't mess with them. Amen? So I see a reason for joy. The devil is kicked out, the Bible said. I see a rebuke for joy. Jesus said, notwithstanding in this, rejoice not. But here's something worth coming for tonight. I see the rareness of joy. Look in Luke 10 and verse 21. And in that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit. Little, little s. That means He rejoiced with the inward spirit that He had. He rejoiced. Now, did you know that three times in the Bible it's recorded that Jesus wept? You probably know that. The Bible said in Luke 19 and 41 that Jesus went out over the city there and He wept because He knew what was coming in 70 A.D. He knew He had visited them and, and a lot of them had rejected Him and He knew what was coming and the Bible said He wept over that city. We need to weep over our city some night. John eleven thirty five. 35, it's recorded that little verse 
We all like to memorize the shortest verse in the Bible. It said, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And He wept because that Lazarus had died. And someone said He wept because He was touched by the feelings of the infirmities of Mary and Martha. And I think there was some of that in there. Somebody else said he, he wept because he knew what he was going to do. He was going to bring him back from the dead. And he knew what he was bringing him back to have to go through again. And he wept because of that. I don't know. The Bible said Jesus wept. Uh, and then Hebrews tells us that when he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible tells us that Jesus prayed with strong crying and tears. Jesus wept. Three times in the Bible we're told that Jesus wept. Uh, one preacher said that every time the Bible said Jesus was moved with compassion, uh, uh, that it meant he was weeping. Uh, I don't know about that, but neighbor, get this tonight. Don't mess this. I'm talking about the rareness of joy. Only one time in all of the Bible uh, does it say that Jesus rejoiced. And you're reading it right there. The Bible said in that hour, Jesus rejoiced. You say, why was that? Well, no doubt it's because He was a man of sorrow. Uh, Isaiah 53.3 said He was a man of sorrow. But here in this hour, He rejoices. He gets beside Himself. He loses it. He begins to re rejoice and and, and, and have joy. And you know why he was rejoicing? You know what caused him to rejoice like that and why that one time in the Bible it's recorded that in that hour Jesus rejoiced. I'll tell you the first thing I think is because what he just said. He said your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I believe that it brought Jesus joy to know that these disciples were saved. They had got it. Amen. I think it brings him great joy tonight to know that you're saved tonight. You've trusted his son. You've believed on his son. You've relied on his son. You've confessed to his son. And if you're saved tonight, it brings him great joy to know your name is in the book. Amen. If it don't bring you joy, it brings him joy. He's seen it. Give him great joy because your name is written in heaven. He's rejoicing because these disciples' names were in the book. He's happy tonight, neighbor, because you're in the book. He's happy that you got saved that Sunday night or that Sunday morning or that old time revival meeting or in the floorboard of a car. He's, he's excited. He's rejoicing tonight that you're saved tonight. He's rejoicing that on that Sunday morning at Temple Hill Baptist Church I knelt and I called on the Lord and He saved me that night. He's rejoicing tonight because you're saved, Brother Briley, tonight. Uh, uh, it gives Him great joy to know uh, that you're saved tonight and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Praise God. Uh, He's rejoicing because our names are in the book. Hallelujah. The Lord don't want to send nobody to hell. 
God is not willing that any perish, but that all that would come to repentance. The Lord does has no delight in the punishment of the wicked. God delights in people getting saved. God rejoices when people get saved. The Bible said there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. It seems like the Lord has a part in that as well. He's rejoicing because their names are there. They're saved. But not only that, look at verse 21. The Bible said, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, so it seemed good in thy sight, and all things are delivered to me of my Father. And no man knoweth who the, Father, who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son. He to whom the Son will reveal him, he said. Blessed are the eyes which see things that ye see. He said not only is he rejoicing because they're saved, He's rejoicing because they see it. It gives me great joy as a pastor when I'm trying to teach or these fellows are trying to teach Sunday school or I'm trying to preach. It gives me great joy when somebody says, I get it. I see it. I get it. It gives me great joy. Jesus got great joy because these disciples seen it. They got it. They understood what he was saying. You see, he says he revealed it unto them. Did you know you and I can't know anything? We couldn't even know who the Son is. We couldn't know who the Father is. We can't know anything unless he reveals it to us. And you ought to thank God tonight he revealed him to you. You remember what Peter said when the Lord said, What are they saying about me out there? And he said, Some say thou art Elias or Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said, Well, what do you say? He said, I say you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen. We're so blessed tonight. We ought to be standing up in the seats and running aisles. Because of the fact of what we know. Because of the fact that what has been revealed to us. What has been revealed to us as children of God. The rareness of it. Not only the record, the revealing. But the rareness of this. Nowhere else in the Bible does it say that Jesus rejoiced. But it did here. He rejoiced because of the record. He rejoiced because of the revealing. And I believe he rejoiced because of the fairness of what these disciples got to see. Look what he says. For I tell you that many prophets, verse 24, and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. What we take for common every day, whatever, is a rare thing in some places in 
the world. What we're doing here tonight is a rare thing in China. What you folks know tonight about the Bible and the knowledge you have is a rare thing to them Jamaican natives and people that I preach to that didn't have the access that you have and didn't have the things that you have. And the Bible said that Jesus rejoiced because there were a lot of people that desired to see what these disciples had seen and to hear what these disciples had heard and they hadn't got to do it. It's a rareness to that. Don't you like to give your children something special? Amen. You you give that grandson maybe a, a special knife, and you'll give it to him, and it's a rare thing. It's a special thing. I got a lot of knives that folks would give me, and uh, not too many years ago, Corey, he come over to about Christmas time, and his mother asked him, said, "What do you want for Christmas?" And he said, uh, I just want all daddy's knives. <laughs> That's all I want, all daddy's knives. Well, I give him about half of them. But I got one knife that's real special to me. It's a, it's a multicolored tree brand broker. I've never seen one like it. But when my dad lived over here behind the post office where Thomas lives, I went over there one Christmas morning. And, uh, of course, my dad, he didn't have no money much or nothing. But uh, Daddy, he had a little old, uh, Sammy, you've seen it, little old uh, mouse riding a bicycle with a, with a Christmas hat on. And he had a little old wreath that my grandmother made uh, when she knitted things. And he had enough Christmas spirit about him that he'd always get that little old mouse out and set it on the table. And then he'd get that, my grandmother's reef out, and he'd always hang it up on the door. And I went over there and I said, Daddy, I think Sheila's got them now. I went over there and said, Daddy, it's Christmas. And I said, Daddy, I brought you something. I'll give you something. I give Daddy what I wanted to give him. And uh, he said, I ain't got nothing to give you. I said, that's okay, Daddy. Don't worry about that. Then in a few minutes, he must have thought of it, and he brought that tree brand broker knife out. He said, here, I want you to have this. I said, I'm not, I don't want your knife, Daddy. He said, no, I want you to have it. He said, he said it's, I've had that for a long time. He said, it's special. I want you to have it. I've got that knife at my house, and I wouldn't give it to nobody until I'm gone. It's rare. It's special to me. Daddy wants me to have something special. The Lord rejoices tonight because He wants you to have something special. He's got so many special things, and, and He wants you to have something special tonight. And tonight, if your name is written down in that book, it gives Jesus Christ great joy because that's what He died and suffered and bled for. So your name could be in that book.
tonight, if you've got some Bible truth today, you understand some Bible doctrine or truth today, it gives him great joy because you've seen it. He said, they see it, they see it. And tonight, every time the Lord gives you something special, might be a special blessing that the Lord give you, might be a special visitation of God in the middle of the night, but the Lord gives you something special and rare, and you get it. It makes the Lord rejoice tonight. Amen. Father, I thank you tonight for...